0: Welcome to Charting Uncharted Waters, Special Education in the Days of COVID, a project of the Olivet Nazarene University Special Education Program.
1: We know that the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the work of special educators, and we want to understand how.
0: With this podcast, we are aiming to gather future special educators together to listen to the reflections of practicing special educators, particularly listening for the ways their work has changed since the initial wave of coronavirus cases caused our schools to close back in March.
1: Every episode is a conversation between someone from Olivet, either a special education major or a professor on one side of the table, and a practicing special ed teacher from one of our local schools on the other.
2: Hi, this is Ashlyn Pacer um, and I'm here with Beth Farrell. Could you share with us what your class looks like, where you work?
3: I work at Mantino High School. I work with students who are freshmen up until the age of 21. I work mainly with students in the special ed department. I teach my own foods class. I do a work skills class and I do a work study class and we provide job experiences and coaching for students with disabilities.
2: All right, so my first question for this project is, it's a project that focuses on how teachers and schools have adapted to teaching in COVID. So looking back in March when everyone was first sent home, how did you think the world of education would be changed and affected by COVID-19? And then my follow-up question to that is, how is that different from the way that it has been changed and affected by COVID-19? So we'll start with the first question. Um, So what did you think? And then we can move to the second question.
3: I honestly didn't think it would affect it at all. I thought we'd be home for that extra week of spring break. We'd come back to school. We would resume like normal. We left everything on the desk. Like we would be right back. I didn't think there would be any changes and I was drastically wrong. Everything has changed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We've changed even our procedures from entering the building to lunches, exiting the building, all the curriculum changes, classroom setup changes. Never in March did I think we would ever have to be dealing with those type of changes.
2: Yeah, it's been very, very different. You said that everything has changed. So like what are specific changes that um, you didn't even think coming back to school you would have to deal with?
3: when we come in in the mornings, it's just a lot of the atmosphere of the school has changed. The kids would all hang out in the commons. It was really lighthearted. People would walk around, stop in and see your teachers, get help if you needed it. Now everybody kind of waits outside and then they're let in and you immediately go to your class. There's no walking around in the halls. And I just think even those type of changes really sets the tone for the kids. And I think that's affected them some.
2: How would you say that it's affected them? Or what have you seen that would say that?
3: It's not as upbeat as it usually is in the mornings, you know, because the kids get their stuff, they're not hanging out, they're not doing that socializing, they're immediately going to their class. And that just kind of changes the whole atmosphere for the mornings.
2: That would make a big difference. You've talked about how things have changed. So looking forward, you mentioned in March, you didn't think that much would change, but now we're at a different point where a lot has changed. So looking forward, how do you believe education will change as a whole as a result of COVID-19?
3: I think a lot of different things are going to be changing. Like right now, we're offering in-person learning and online. And I know the online classes have kind of really worked for some of the kids, and we're surprised by that. And I think, you know, you might see schools start looking at, are there electives that we could offer online to students? Is there some type of additional program that they could be doing, not here in the building, and still getting credit for? Kind of preparing them for what college is like a little bit more. So I think that would be interesting if high schools start going more that route. I think one of the other things that have changed and will continue to change is the professional development offered to teachers. I know they always offer, you know, the technology classes that we can go in and learn, but a lot of us do so much in class where we're like, oh, no, it's fine. I I understand how to use Google. I'm pretty comfortable. But now it's a whole different level of having to use technology supports that we weren't really prepared for. Um, I think it's pushed us out of our boxes a lot, which is great, but it's been a big challenge for a lot of us. So I do think that'll be a big change, the technology.
2: The technology in particular, okay.
3: I do, and I think it's pushed students mental health like into the front of every teacher. I know we talk about it a lot at staff meetings and how can we be of help but when you're really seeing a kid mm-hmm. online and their home atmosphere or when you're seeing a kid who you haven't spoken to in two weeks they've just kind of dropped off. I think that's been really eye-opening to a lot of different teachers and I do think that'll adapt some of the trainings that we get in the future.
2: So you think it'll adapt trainings for teachers and how they deal with technology and in how they would meet those students' needs um, over technology? I do, and
3: I I do think it's going to address how they meet the students' needs, and then I think it's going to address some of the mental health issues that we're seeing. You know, we're seeing kids who are very isolated right now, who haven't been really out of their house, where parents are kind of reaching out and saying, you know, Yeah, we've been staying in and it just kind of affects their social skills some.
2: Um, Do you have any examples or maybe a story of what this might look like or that you've had like in a class or with a parent or student?
3: We've had parents reach out where they are concerned, you know, they're doing all online classes and the student is actually doing really well in their classes, but they're not leaving the house on weekends. They're not working out in the community. School was kind of their social bubble. So without that bubble, they're just sitting at home and interacting some with people online. But if the students don't have good internet at home, they're not even getting that connection.
2: That makes sense. (laughs) So would you say that like with teachers may be receiving new training with technology, that that would be a part of it, where would be meeting the student needs over technology if they, or, If students are struggling with technology at home, is that just a bridge that you don't know if that can be crossed?
3: I think that's the interesting part, that we're trying to figure out ways to cross that. We've worked in connection with, I know, the public library about getting some of those kids who don't have the technology supports at home, of getting them the hot spots. Our school has been very gracious of giving each kid in the district a Chromebook, and that has been life-saving, because I don't know what we would do at that point if, there's only one computer in the household and they have three kids and we're on remote. I don't know how families would problem solve those things. And we just got our Chromebooks in the high school. I want to say it was last year, maybe the year before.
2: Oh, so school-wide you just got Chromebooks recently. Yes. Did you see, like, was that beneficial for the entire school, even before COVID?
3: Very much so, and I think teachers were just getting to the point where, you know, they were pulling out and using the Chromebooks here and there, but still doing a lot of the instruction face-to-face, but now they're heavily relying on the Chromebooks to get that information out to everyone, because just because you're in person today doesn't mean you'll be in person tomorrow.
2: Okay, and... Yes, because a student could be sent home for quarantine settings, (laughs) constantly changing. But are students able to have their Chromebooks at home? Like they received a Chromebook at the beginning of the school year and they've had that since? Yep,
3: they ruled them out and a couple of them kept them over the summer. And continue to just bring those Chromebooks back to, at the beginning of the school year.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in coming back to school, what has been some of the hardest part about the new restrictions and new procedures to overcome? You've mentioned that students aren't able to gather like they would in the morning. But how have you guys overcome that or you've seen over students overcome that?
3: Um, I thought the hardest procedure would be the kids wearing the mask and getting them to wear it correctly, that's probably been the easiest one. Um, The kids have all adapted in person really well to that and I'm really impressed by that part. The hardest part is the social distancing, Mm. keeping six feet apart in the classroom can be hard it eliminates some of the group projects that teachers had. So now they're readapting different assignments to go along and it just kind of puts on some extra work on the teacher's part. And I know some of them have gotten really creative. I saw a teacher today, they were doing something where they would have rotated desks in the classroom, but instead they were out in the hallway, six feet apart and doing their interview questions and just rotating one person down. Kind of like a speed dating setup. And I thought that was really creative. And she's like, well, we, you know, I don't know how to do this if we're not in a group format. So that one's been really hard. And it's been hard, like in the special ed field, some of our kids need that hand over hand support and that extra time where, you know, the rule is six feet apart and try not to be with closer to them for 15 minutes. You know I was doing a lesson with a kid the other day, and due to what we were doing, we had to sit together longer than fifteen minutes. So I had to make sure you know I wrote that down that when we were together, and I think that's kind of been an extra layer of a challenge of constantly thinking like, well, how close should I get? Can I do this from farther distance?
2: Um I know different teachers have mentioned having to write down where students have sat if they've come in and sat at a room sat in their room at a different time or had to change seats for something. Has that been something that you've worked with too?
3: It is. So we've had kids who started the year remotely and then have mm-hmm. returned to the classroom. That's changed our seating chart some due to, you know, student behavior. You don't want someone next to each other. And... So we've done some updates on our seating chart, but not only do we update it here, now we have to send it to the office to make sure that they have an updated copy of the seating chart. So it's, again, it's just one more step. Mm-hmm. But that has been really hard, and we've had that a lot, especially in this room. We'll pull kids for different types of supports, and that's been hard because today we'll be in a group of three. Next hour, I've got to clean everything because I'm going to have a group of six. And these wouldn't be kids that are always together in their classes. So I do have to document who they sat by, you know, where they sat, how long they were, if they were closer together, how long was that? Just more documentation.
2: Yes. Have students adjusted well to that? Like, you know, they have done pretty
3: well. You can tell kind of by the end of the day. They get a little restless where they just are kind of craving that human interaction where you know they want to high-five you and they did really well and, you know you don't really want to be doing that it's those type of things that they're looking for and you know if a student gets upset you know somebody wants to comfort them or give them a hug and you you know are trying to discourage that from happening too but for the most part they've been really well on the social distancing i've been really impressed.
2: Wow. Do you have any ideas of why they might be doing so well with that? Well, we have a lot of kids who
3: are remote, and I do think that helps because the class gives you more space to spread out. Mm -hmm. I think it's done, our school has done a really good job of eliminating lockers so kids aren't hanging out in the hallways. Our school has mapped out routes to get to classrooms, so like one-way hallways. So that's helped keep people moving instead of, you know, walking one direction, seeing someone and stopping and talking. It's a constant flow. So I think that's eliminated some of the time. Our student council's done really nice job of planning some activities outdoors that kids could attend. They had done like a beanbag night. I know they've done some social distancing, dress up days for students, try to make it feel a little bit more normal of how we would have the year set up and, and like we did a pumpkin carving contest this week and that was nice and they're doing a halloween contest costume contest tomorrow and they're going to take pictures of people individually and then send them out so you're still getting some of those social activities without touching each other
2: That's really important to see because you mentioned students are struggling with not being able to be around one another but having finding ways around those to get that interaction is really, really important, but also very neat to hear that your school, both the students and the administration are doing so well. Um, So going back to the idea of students are struggling more emotionally, mentally, in what ways have you had to provide for students in that capacity differently than you have in the past? And how have you overcome any challenges of um, technology or social distancing, even while students are struggling?
3: I think one of the things that we've done, our district, and they've done an excellent job, if they haven't heard from a kid, you know, we have been able to refer it to our guidance counselors, social workers, they follow up, they've done home visits, that's been absolutely fantastic, and it takes off the burden from the teacher of doing one more step, Mm
1: -hmm. where
3: we know we have a team of administrators and support staff that are going to follow up that's been fantastic because then we are kind of a little bit more at ease knowing that someone's following up with these kids. I think one of the things that have helped the kids is we've tried to make it as fun as we can. Like I said, with the dress-up days, and they'll send out the photos to everyone, and you can vote online, so even the kids at home can still vote. Even the kids at home tomorrow, if they dress up, can be entered in the costume contest.
2: So those things have just provided for student more of students' emotional needs. Is that what you, that's what you're saying?
3: Yes. Yeah. And I think one of the things as teachers, I know it's not all about academics. It wasn't in, you know, March to May, and it's not right now. Obviously we're still moving forward with instruction, but that's not the number one end all goal. You know, we are making sure that we are going above and beyond to make those student connections. And I think that's something that will pay off when we're all back in the building together.
2: So you do anticipate someday everyone coming back to the building and all being together?
3: I do. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but I really hope it does before the end of the school year.
2: Especially for those students where that's what they've had for the past three years. The seniors, they know what that's like and this is also different for them.
3: Exactly. And the kids have been really flexible with, you know, we had to cancel homecoming this year and they understood why. They understood we weren't doing it as a punishment. It's not because we couldn't, we weren't trying hard enough. They were really flexible and they're like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. What can we look forward to?
2: That, uh, that is something that's been so interesting about COVID is it has been. What can you look forward to or what can you enjoy about right now differently than you have in the past? You've mentioned a lot of the things that like your school has done, students have done. So what does it look like on a personal level for teachers to help build that positive community for students that's safe and fun? What's something that you might do in your classroom?
3: We've played music. We've tried to play some games. We've had to get a little creative with how to play Uno with people wearing gloves, but the kids have been in on it and it's just really trying any way to make their connections. We've decorated the hallways for homecoming, and well, for not for homecoming. Usually we do it for homecoming. This year we did a haunted spirit week, so we've decorated the hallways for that. It's the little things that they're doing, and I have to give a lot of this credit to our student council, to the organizers, and the kids who are in student council, constantly coming up with different things that we can do to try to wrap into the classroom.
2: Yes, so you're saying it's a lot of student council, and that's how they've been rebuilding the community. And then moving forward, what is your role as a teacher in rebuilding community for students in and out of school?
3: That's a tough question. Um, It's been really challenging with our students because we usually interact so much with the community and that hasn't been an opportunity for us. So I think building that gap of getting us back out into the community with volunteer opportunities, field trips, community outings, those type of trainings have really been missed by the kids and the staff. And I think that's a great way to kind of start with our, and it kind of ties into our emotional support. The kids get really excited when they know they're leaving the building to go do something. You know, they don't even think of it as a school related trip, they're like, yeah, we're going grocery shopping. And they're not even picking up on the skills that they're getting at the grocery store. They're budgeting, they're problem solving, they're navigating the store, their social interactions, all of those things that go along with it, I think will be a big step of us kind of returning to our normal.
2: Okay, so your classes are primarily transitional classes or like functional skills classes? Is that what I'm Picking
3: up. They are. I, I do a variety. I do a cooking class. I do a work skills class for students who we get them work placements out in the community where we do some volunteering. We've worked um, at Ace Hardware. We've worked at the Uru Preschool. At just at different places, different stores and the community has been really welcoming to us and we haven't been able to do all of those things this year. And then we have a work study class where students go out and get paid positions in the community. So it's just a couple different levels, but usually we spend I spend most of my time out in the community instead of here in the building.
2: Wow, so that, that, that's been very different. So It it has been
3: very different. We've had to get really creative. We just came up with a new way because usually we'll have guest speakers come in and we'll go out in the community and tour Dollar General and they'll explain to us what a worker at Dollar General does and would this be an appropriate job for us. So we've kind of now have students who are in our work study class higher than that, the work study program come in and do a little mini interview with the students already in the building. So we had a student today come in and tell the Pride students about his job at Farm and Fleet, and they loved it. They listened so much better to him than they would me because they've heard me talk more this year than they ever have before. And they were so excited. They were excited to actually get firsthand knowledge from someone. They were excited that there was a guest speaker because it's been months since we've had one. So we've opened it up where we're going to offer a couple more of those guest speakers of students. And I, I think that's like one positive thing we've come up with to try to supplement what we do in the community.
2: That's really creative and very exciting that the students are so excited to participate in it. So you mentioned that a lot of your work in the past has been out in the community during even a typical school day, and now it's all very much so in the school building. So could you walk me through a day in the past before COVID of what it would look like, um, whether you're out in the community, what your classes would look like, and then a day like today where you did have someone come in and speak? Just could you walk me through what both those days would look like for comparison?
3: Sure. So before we would run a coffee shop here during the winter months. So we'd be starting that up right about now, right after Halloween is usually our opening day of the coffee shop. And the students come in in the morning about 730. We pick up donuts at the grocery store and they serve coffee for a dollar and donuts for a dollar to students who are sitting in the common. And that's usually a big hit because our students are getting a practice on those social skills, they're practicing on work-related skills, they're practicing following directions, they're practicing money skills. It's a great learning opportunity for our students. Usually from there, we come in, we clean up, we count up our money, do our inventory, and then kids go out to different work placements. So we might have a kid at ACE. Like I said, last year, we had a kid at URU. We've had kids at Fitness Premier where, you know, my job coach and I then kind of split up and check on kids and work placements. Then we would come back and have lunch. We would spend most of the morning out in the community with the kids, have lunch, and then it would be our foods class where we would then go grocery shopping and we would do our budgeting at the grocery store. We would spend our time doing that. We'd come back into the room on a different day and we would do the cooking as a group. And then later in the afternoon, we would do activities together with interviewing skills, job applications. So we're still doing those type of things, and then we'd end with the kids in the work study, and that's where we would have guest speakers from people coming in to talk about opening bank accounts. We'd have people come in to talk about kids who've gotten their first job. Now, how do you do your taxes? We would have guest speakers from different jobs in the community. It might be someone who's a union worker come in and do a presentation. And that's what it would look like before And now we've had to get creative. So instead of this year of doing the coffee shop, we are going to make kind of greeting cards with a Cricut machine. So instead of us going out, kids are coming into the room and kind of working one-on-one in smaller groups of creating the cards. And then we're going to try to sell them. But we haven't really figured out our best way of how to sell them because kids aren't sitting out in the commons and kids aren't all in the same lunchroom anymore, that's still a hurdle that we've got across. In our foods class, that's really affected us because we would spend time out in the community shopping and that was a huge deal. And now we can't stay, take students out so We're running out during our plan time and getting the materials and bringing it back. And our bill for the foods has gone up a large amount because we can't share materials. So if it calls for a third of a cup of butter, everybody has to have their own stick of butter. We can't cut it in half and split it. So that's become really challenging. (laughs) Um, And then in the afternoon, we're in the building and there's no guest speakers. And that's been a challenge for kids for sure because we're trying to find videos of welding positions. We're finding videos of what the community college has to offer, but usually we would go to the community college and tour it, and we're not allowed to do that. We would spend time taking kids to the DMV to get their state ID. We, we can't do that option this year either, so we have um, hit some roadblocks of how to still provide those services online, and some of them we just can't do. We've given the information to the parents, for example, to take the kids to the DMV. Our bus trainings, usually we take kids out in the community to teach them how to use the public bus so when they get a job in the community, they can get to and from their job. But due to COVID, we're not doing bus trainings either. So we've tried to do some virtual maps We've called River Valley Metro. They've been absolutely fantastic with working with us and you know, where I say, you know, on Tuesday, I'm gonna have five kids call and ask you these type of questions. And they're like, Great, we would love it because before they would come out and do a training with us. So they're in the same situation as us.
2: Do you find that many people who have been your partners in the past are still very willing to partner with you even in light of restrictions or distancing? protocols?
3: They have. Our community is absolutely fantastic and they are willing to do whatever they can to help us out. Like I said, we called Midland Bank the other day and asked them some questions and they're like, well, we can't come in and do our presentation, but if you want, you can stop by and pick up some materials, do it, and then just drop it off when you're done. Well, that was fantastic. That made my life a ton easier. But we here in Mantino have an amazing community, and I think that's one of the hardest part is that we miss interacting with our community, and I think our community misses the
2: kids. Yeah, because it's a, it's a big change, not just for the students who are missing out on these experiences, but also, all you're mentioning many community members, they're also missing the kids <laughs> because yeah. they're used to having them come in many people are still very willing to work and um, be flexible. So what do you hope comes of these efforts, even though, for students, even though things are different than they have been in the past, or you're doing things different than they have been in the past?
3: I hope people just continue kind of with their positive attitudes and understand that we're doing really the best that we can in this situation. I think our students are learning a lot about how to be flexible, at a moment's notice of you're in person today, but now you have to switch your gears and think online. And I think that's happened to a lot of the teachers where we've really had to branch out and be creative. And I hope once we all get back in person that we continue to push ourselves to go to that next level of how can we be creative? How can we continue to improve on this?
2: That's really encouraging to hear, Um, just that we hope that you hope and you think that we can continue to grow, even in the midst of this, that seem to have so many setbacks. That's really encouraging to hear. Thank you so much.
1: This has been Charting Uncharted Waters, Special Education in the Days of COVID, a project of the Olivet Nazarene University Special Education Program.
0: Special thanks to the teachers and schools in our area who continue to do great work, no matter what comes their way.
1: Thanks also to the Frias family, whose generous support has made this and several other projects possible.
0: Finally, a huge thanks to Professor Brian Utter in the Communications Department at Olivet, particularly for recommending Shamara Fontes. Shamara's hard work and ability have made this podcast come to life. Find out more about Olivet and the Special Education Teacher Training Program at olivet.edu.